If you would please turn your Bibles to Jude, the little book just before the Revelation. I want to talk to you this morning. I was listening to the news and listening to what's going on in this country. and I'm troubled about how religious organizations are going. I got studied in the book of Jude, just a little book. I'd like to read it to you, beginning in verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, <clears throat> turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believe not. And the angel, which kept not their first estates, but left their own habitation, he had reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for the example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the archangel, when continuing with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally, as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. <clears throat> these are spots in your feast of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, forming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurs, complainers, walking after their own lust 
and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ under eternal life, and of somehow compassion making a difference, and others save a fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and present you faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one that's here this morning. I pray, dear God, that you'll bless the reading and studying of thy word to each of our hearts. And let wake us up spiritually, dear God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 3, if you would. <clears throat> Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you <clears throat> and exhort you <clears throat> that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I want you to notice this word, the faith. Now notice faith, uh, what faith are we cont contend for? Uh, what are we to fight for? Now, a lot of people think that Christians ought not to fight. Christians ought not to contend. But the Bible makes it plain that we are to fight for some things. Verse 3 says, Contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, it's the faith then. There's but one faith and one salvation. Verse 1 tells us, Jude the servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. Notice it tells us, verse 1 tells us, we who are saved have been sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. Then verse 3 tells us, we're not only to rejoice in this faith, but we are not only to spread this faith so that others may be saved, but we are also to contend or defend this faith. This presupposed fact, the faith will and is being attacked then. What he's saying here is, this is going to happen. The faith is going to be attacked. Now, this was true in Jews, Jews' day. You think about this. A.D. 66 is when Jude lived. And it is also true in our day. And it will be true until Jesus comes back. And notice also, we need to con be concerned about the evil forces that work outside the church, such as those in abortion and pornography and 
uh, addicts and all kinds outside the church. But we're to be particularly concerned about the evil forces that work inside the church. Now turn over to 2 Corinthians a minute and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Did you know that a lot, most people think because a preacher dresses in a suit, because he's in a pulpit, because he holds a Bible under his arm or handles a Bible all the time, uh, he can do no wrong. But I want you to watch something. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look at verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if ministers also be transformed as the minister of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. In other words, uh, there's people that's going around claiming to be Christian, claiming to be preachers of the gospel, and the Bible says they are the devil. Now it's clear uh, the duty of every believer is to defend the faith. Now remember something, there is but one way to go to heaven. Whether you like it or not, where anybody's religion says it or not, according to God and according to the Bible, there's only one way to go to heaven. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. There are four things we need to learn here. Number one, what are we just fiend? The answer is the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Now, just what does that mean? It means we are to defend the whole body of revealed truth which is contained in the whole of the inspired canon of Scripture. In other words, I'm to contend for this Bible, the Word of God. I am to stand up for this Bible all the time. And, and I want to tell you something. I have never seen this old Bible uh, attacked like it's being attacked today. And people want to make fun of it. They want to make light of it. They want to change the words in it and just change the way of salvation that's declared in it. But the Bible says, and God says to you and I, the faith once delivered to the saints, that is, the Word of God. Now, there are four things that tell us here in Jude about the precious faith. Number one, it is divine in its nature. Verse 3 again, it was delivered unto the saints. But by whom was it delivered? Not by man. I want you to watch it, beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Who delivered it? 2 Timothy 3.16, 2 Peter 1 verse 21 tells us God is the author of the faith He has delivered unto the saints uh, through holy men of God. I was talking to a man the other day and I was trying to lead him to saving faith in Christ. You know where you have to start if you're going to help somebody understand that Jesus is their Savior? You have to start, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? You have to start right there. If you don't believe the Bible is the Word of God, I can't help you. Because I can't save you. There's nothing I can do to convince you to come to Christ. But if you if you believe the Bible, and I'm talking about all of it, the Old Testament, New Testament, every bit of it, if you're the Word of God, if you believe it's the Word of God, 
You know where uh, God said, come let us reason together then. If you believe it's the Word of God, come let us reason. Reason out the Word of God. Don't get in an argument with me. Don't get in an argument with the Baptists or Catholics or Methodists or so on. Come let us reason out of the Word of God. And so the author, if you believe the Bible is the Word of God, then we have grounds that we can sit down and reason together on. And like a man said to me as I was trying to, he said, well, to tell you the truth, preacher, I said, that's the only thing I want you to tell me. I want to know the truth. For you. No matter, uh, you know, you've got to be truthful. And if you want to be saved by God's Word, and he said, well, I have trouble with parts of the Word of God. He said, one of the things I have trouble with is the age of the Bible. I said, that's all right. Uh, he said, uh, there's other manuscripts and there's other Bibles that they say is older uh, than the King James Bible. I said, they are. They are. But what you don't understand, sir, is this is the reserved Word of God. Preserved Word of God. And so this is the Word of God, period. Now, what, the reason I know it's the Word of God, you can start in the first page of this Bible and the last page and all in between and it dovetails together. It fits. All others' mockeries of Bibles does not do that. Let me show you something. If God said in the beginning, get in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, that's what the ark is about. Get in the ark, type of Christ. Everybody got in that ark, was saved. Amen? And then it comes over here in the New Testament. It says, Get in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The ark was a type of God's salvation then. And so you don't change God's type of salvation. Anybody gets into Christ, is saved. So the reason I know this Bible is the Word of God, it fits. In the Old Testament it says the same thing as the New Testament does. But if you get some of these new versions... If you get some, if you listen to some of these preachers, I would listen to a preacher I like to listen to every once in a while, just for the fun of it. The other day, and he was preaching by grace are you saved through faith, and just talking about the wonderful grace of God and how He loved you. He came in this world to die for you, save your sin. I said, man, that guy's straight down the road. He's straight with the Bible. Next week, I turned it on. I'm listening to him, and he was talking about you. Feeling, man, you got to have a feeling. The hair on your head's got to stand up, and you got to have a wonderful feeling with God, and you got to live for God. Ain't nothing like that taught in my Bible. Amen. Had nothing to do with feelings. So he don't even know what he believes. He's preaching one thing one minute, preaching something else another. You're not saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ plus anything. I'm I'm very leery. Uh, people that come up to me and I said I saw a light one I, I heard a famous uh, um, music man yesterday a Christian man singing on TV I saw the light I saw the light and I thought to myself do you know who wrote that song Hank Williams wait a minute oh Hank Williams must have been safe he wrote that light he saw the light I saw a light this morning did that save me that light don't have anything saving my soul. And you listen to that song very carefully. There ain't nothing about God's plan of salvation in there. If you wait around to see a light to get saved, brother, you'll die and go to hell. That's false teaching. And yet people uh, jump right in there, boy. 
That's what they're looking for. Now listen to me. The truth of Jude is we are to defend the light. We're to defend the Word of God. We're to stand for the faith. And when somebody comes along and somebody says, Well, I like that preacher. I like that church. I like their Bible. You better be careful. You better go back and see if it stands on the Word of God. Now watch this. It is unique in its contents. There's no other faith. This is the one and only and perfect revelation of God. Verse 3 again said, It's careful to use the... Definite article here. It is the faith once delivered, not a faith. Now I want you to go to Hebrews with me for just a minute. Just back up to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. God, who had sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being in the brightness of his glory, and express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now watch this, please. According to Hebrews chapter 1, then, the faith once delivered is not a faith, it is the faith delivered to us by God. Now, it is complete in its revelation. Now, verse 3 says, The faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The faith is not still being fulfilled, it is finished. Jesus is the only Savior. And when Jesus died on that cross and He spoke words, like it is finished. He's talking about the Word of God is finished. All that we need in from God. Somebody here long years ago, I was talking to a man, he said, when I can hear from God, then I'll get saved. I said, sir, God's not going to speak to you out of heaven. You know why? Because everything that God wants man to know is written down right here in this book. Well, we don't need Him to speak out of heaven anymore. All we have to do is read it out of His Word. It's the same God. Now listen. The faith is final and complete in its revelation. It never needs updating. It never needs addition or revision. It is complete and will never change. With the closing of the canon of Scripture, which is the Bible, God completed the revelation of His truth to man. Now, there is a doctrine are the progressive revelation of truth. I spent many hours with a man, and he went over and over me. You don't believe in continual revelation? I said, no, sir. I don't. And he said, well, the Bible is a continual revelation. I said, yes, sir. I believe that in one sense. It started in the book of Genesis, and it stopped in the book of Revelation. There is no other revelation. There is no more revealing of God's Word. Progressive revelation begins in Genesis and it ends in Revelation. If you're sitting around and waiting for God to give you some other... Well, God revealed to me a new truth. No, He didn't. This is the only truth you're going to get revealed to you. 
There is no new truth revealed to you. Now listen to me. The Bible very made that it is holy in its nature. Now you know, I write notes all the time. And I love the Schofield Bible. But I tell people all the time, if you're reading the Schofield Bible and you got down to the bottom and you've got notes at the bottom, you remember something. That is not God inspired. That is not His inspired Word of God. That's Mr. Schofield's notes. This up here above those notes is the God's inspired Word of God. You don't mess with them. I can get in an argument with Schofield on a lot of things that he said. But you better not argue with God. God's Word stands. And it don't need no help. Now listen to me. A holy God by the agency of the Holy Spirit through holy men and call the Holy Scriptures for the purpose of producing holy living and leading men to the holy city of God. Now watch this. Jude mentions 12 of the fundamental articles of the faith which we are to fight for. Somebody said, well, we are to fight for the faith. Yes, we are. Alright, what are we supposed to fight for then? Now listen. In verse 1 of Jude, we are to defend God is the Father of all who believe in. Now I believe that, don't you? I'm going to defend that as long as I got breath. Uh, we are to defend, verse 4, the doctrine of the grace of God. Now, I believe that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I don't deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I believe God did everything for me to save my soul. That's the grace of God. Hey, I'll stand for that as long as I got breath. In verse 4 again said, We are to defend the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe Jesus is God in the flesh. And I'll stand for that. We are to defend according to seven the total deprived of man. Man is a sinner. He's born in sin. Uh, he can't help himself. That's a total deprived. There's no good in man. Romans chapter 3 makes it very plain. There's none righteous, no, not one. Uh, verse 19, we are to defend the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. He's not a feeling. He's a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're to defend that. Verse 9 said we're to defend the existence of a personal devil. Did you know the devil is real? He's not a long tail thing with horns. He's a person. And the Bible makes it very plain. He's real. We're to defend that. Uh, verse 6, 7, and 13 said we're to defend the fact of the judgment of hell. Now, you can't have a heaven unless you've got a hell. Because all ungodliness must be punished. And it must go somewhere. And the Bible said that God did not make hell for man. He made hell for the devil and his angels. But if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ and his mercy, he's got to do something with you. And he made that place. Now, verse 11 says we are to defend the justification of the sinners by faith alone. I tell people all the time, I'm a saint. Everybody says, you don't look like it. You don't act like it. I don't care if you look like it or talk like it or act like it. I still am one. You know what I mean? Now, here's what I mean. I'm justified just as though I'd never sinned by the grace of God. 
Now, I believe that. In the eyes of God, He no longer looks at me in myself. He looks at me through the blood of Jesus Christ and I'm perfectly clean through Christ Jesus. That's something we must justify. If you don't, how are you going to explain what Christians do that say they're saved after they're saved? You can't do it. Anybody in here never told a lie since you've been saved? If you do, you're a big liar in town. Amen. Your wife ever come in and say, Honey, how do you like this dress I got on? That's terrible. Take that thing off. No, you didn't. You told her how good she looked in it. Amen. And you don't tell me you didn't lie since you got saved. Well, what's the problem here then? The problem is I'm justified by the grace of God in what He did. I'm going to contend for that. I'm going to contend, verse 24, for eternal security of belief. Brother, I believe I'm once saved, always saved. Old preacher, a holiness preacher come up to me one time. I don't believe this thing, once saved, always saved. I said, sir, let me ask you something. Who did the saving? Did you do the saving? If you done the saving, you can lose it. But thank God I didn't do my saving. Jesus did my saving, and God's greater than I am, and greater than any man. So I believe in the eternal security of the believer. Verse 14, we believe in a personal return of Christ. Christ is not coming back as a ghost. He's coming back personally, the same way He left here. I believe in verse 25, the sovereignty and keeping power of God. God is sovereign above every power in the world. Verses 5 through 19, I believe in the historical occupancy and the prophets' value of the Old and the New Testament. In other words, I believe all the Bible is the Word of God. I don't believe the Old Testament is the Word of God and the New Testament is not. I don't believe the New Testament is the Word of God and the Old Testament is just history. No. I believe every word in this book is the inspired Word of God. And we're content for that. And we must defend these great fundamental truths with all our might. Now, I ask you this. Why are we defending the truth? Because the faith is being attacked especially these 12 truths we just mentioned. They are being attacked and denied by men inside the church. We have to watch Sunday materials, Sunday school materials that we preach and teach out of. We have to watch the Awana programs that churches have and sermon commentators. I got books in my office that's what they call Bible commentators. It's uh, many preachers, different preachers, that read the Scriptures and give us their comments on those Scriptures. And I love to read them. But I do, I'm very careful about... You can read them and you know by this, the way their language that they're reading and giving of what they believe, the denominations they in, you believe they're right or wrong, you can tell in an instant what they believe. you got to be careful of those kinds. Even by well-known preachers and teachers, well-known denomination colleges have unsaved professors teaching in them. These false teachers are trying to rob our faith of its supernatural order, power, and glory. Psalms 11, verse 3. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know what I was talking about? You destroy this book, I have no hope. And that's exactly what people are trying to do today is destroy the Word of God then we have no ground to stand on. 
You know, when the old devil gets after me, I take him right back to the Word of God. That's what Jesus did. When he was tempted, he quoted the Word of God to the devil. Now listen, how are we to defend the faith? Jude 3 says we are to defend it earnestly. There must be an action then on our part. We must do it in three ways. Number one, by living the faith. There's no greater defense of the faith than a life proved, proven by the life that is lived. I love to see a good Christian, don't you? I mean somebody talks right, dresses right, acts right, and they say, I'm a Christian, and they look like it, they smell like it, and everything else about it, they just look like a Christian. That's the greatest testimony for the Lord you can have is somebody that really believes the Word of God and they believe they're saved by the grace of God. We're defending that. When we see somebody... Uh, the thing that troubles me today is we're breaking down the respect of God's house and God's ways. You look at the churches today that preachers, they don't wear a tie. They don't wear a suit. They come in dressed in dungarees. They come in dressed in a t-shirt and holding the Word of God and preaching and say, come just as you are. Wait a minute, where are you coming to? To a fair? Are you coming to a party? Where are you coming to? I believe this with all my might. When I come through those doors back there to meet with you, God is not in this building. God is in us. And when we come together, we're to come together to worship the Lord. That's holy ground, folks. That's a place of respect. That's the reason I wear what I wear. I like what Pearl said one day, and I, I'll never forget it. Uh, a lady in our church, she see me at the grocery store, and I had on my old hat and my dungarees and old tore-up dirty shirt. I've been out in the yard working, and she come walking toward me and said, Preacher? Is that you? And I said, what do you think I was going to do? Wear my suit out in the yard? Now, I know a lot of people that really believe the preacher ought to do that. But wait a minute. If that is so, and you think that I ought to live there, why don't you? Why not every Christian? Every Christian then ought to dress, act like, talk like uh, that you're a Christian, and especially to the house of God. I had a man get real mad with me one day. He wore dungarees to church, come to church. I preached on something like that. And he come up to me and he said, Well, I guess you don't want me to come to church. Because you said I can't come to church in dungarees. I said, I didn't say that. Not one time I've ever said anything like that. I said, You ought to wear the best you can. If dungarees are the best you can, help yourself. Amen. But wear the best you can. Why? Because you come into God's house with God's people. That's holy ground. You know what God told Moses when he come to the burning bush? Take off your shoes. You're walking on holy ground. And brother, when I come before God, I want to act like a Christian. Amen? I want to dress like a Christian. I contend for that. Now listen. Why are we how are we contend to faith? By proclaiming it. Preach the gospel. Expose error, but do it in a positive way. Remember, Jesus died for all sinners, even those that turn against Him. The faith is a powerful in itself. 
You know what we're supposed to do? Just preach it. Just teach it. Just tell it. It works. Amen. I don't have to get in an argument with nobody. I don't have to hurt nobody's feelings. If you get feelings because I'm preaching the Bible, buddy, that's your problem. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to hurt, get back at anybody or get even with nobody. All I'm going to do is te- preach the Word of God and leave it there. Then the Holy Spirit deals with it. Amen? And lastly, how are we to defend the faith? By suffering for it. Our forefathers died for the gospel's sake. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. Deny self, take up thy cross, and follow me, Jesus said. Here's what I'm talking about. What would, it, what would you be willing to do to be sure the faith in Jesus Christ is always taught and lived? That's suffering for the cross. It bothers some people that if you hold a Bible in your hand and you go in public somewhere and you dress like a Christian, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian, is somebody going to come up to you and say, you little preacher, you little deacon, and make fun of you because of your faith? That's suffering for the cross. Whether you believe it or not, it hurts my feelings somebody says some bad things about me. But I'm not going to quit. Amen? You know why? Because I know I'm right. By the Word of God. Not in selfish, but by the Word of God. And I'm going to contend for this book. I'm going to stand for it. I know, I know how to get a crowd. Uh, you, you just compromise a little bit. That's all you got to do. And just compromise the Word of God just a little bit. And people come with sin in their life and they were looking for some preacher, some denomination that will go along with them. You can't do it if you're a man of God. You can't do it. You've got to stand on the Word of God. Defend the faith. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you bless us throughout the day now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.